know that there is something magical inside of you, but you don't know how to uncover it? The Heart Sing Podcast is dedicated to just that, helping you put yourself first and figure out what lights you up. I'm your host, Addie B, aka Slayer of Namaslayer, and through my journey of losing nearly 100 pounds, uncovering the magic of my soul, and building the life of my dreams, I'm leaving no stone unturned in the process of self-discovery. And I'm here to share it all with you. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Heart Sing Podcast. Addie B here, aka Slayer of Namaslayer. When I start thinking about what I want to write in the podcast for the week, I hear a voice in my head like it's typing what I want to say to you, like Carrie Bradshaw kind of, except my muse isn't sex or New York City, and I'm not smoking cigarettes, I promise. Quit that habit twice in my life already. More likely nowadays, it's a bulletproof coffee and a view from a coffee shop somewhere. Like today, the desert view from my camp chair back here in Arizona for the season. And as for those muses, more like my body, mind, and soul and what the hell is going on in there this week. And today, Prey and Strayer are making star reappearances in this episode for us to wax some poetic together on today. You know how they would start off Sex in the City Damn, I miss that show, don't you guys? They'd start the episode with something Carrie is questioning about relationships or sex or how women are viewed, and we see her typing there or something else and sets the tone for the episode, right? And this is what happens in my head for this episode, I hear. Sometimes when it feels like I've fallen away from my path, it turns out it's just what I needed. What if all these choices I've been making lately down the apparent what feels like the wrong path or direction, the path of Preya, are just what was needed to bring me to this moment now? And then the response to myself is, of course it was. Of course it is. Of course, because you are here and now. So what are you going to do about it, Ad? Come on, Slayer. Well, I'm going to share it with the world as I've done on this entire journey, and open myself up to learn this next lesson in the process. So here we go. This episode is for all of you out there that are like me, trying to learn how to improve our state of being and being imperfect in the application of it, somewhat diligent in effort, and all about getting back up and learning how to fail and rise up over and over again to maybe find the answers, the solutions, and to what? We often don't know, or can we get the dream bigger? What can it look like? How do we really get there? I made it back home after a week on the road, and I still haven't quite recaptured my heart sing, and I want to share this with you today. I've been going through some things for the past few months, it feels like, and I've been sure to share here and with you as that's happening as I'm going through this discomfort so I can also share how I get out and move past it, and all of a sudden it seems like boom, I've done all these huge things, but it was filled with all these tiny little small actions and resets and ups and downs. And it's also great to share because in that we know we're not alone. We all have these times where we might not quite feel as radiant or in alignment. And perhaps isn't that the point of the journey and how we find our way, that ebb and the flow? It's not a linear line that one goes straight or one that goes directly up, that's for sure. Definitely goes down as well. And all the growth I've seen has been because of discomfort of some sort. My physical weight loss discomfort came from learning to feel the emotions in my body uncomfortable. What? Not eat them all? Are you kidding me? And from creating new habits 
also uncomfortable as your brain is rewiring itself. It wants you to stay in that same groove and keep you safe and warm and fat and fed up for the winter, right? But whatever I'm going through right now, it's also uncomfortable, but I can also see myself causing it as well. And I have ownership of this discomfort and what I'm doing to myself and the fact that I'm not allowing myself to feel it all. And this is where that little bee praya comes in. And there's going to be some of you that I need to introduce Preya to yet, and others of you know her well. I hear a lot of you guys have also started talking about Preya. Ash, Preya was out this week, or Shreya, whichever one that is, right? So I figured why not kick off this episode doing a quick recap of that story for those just joining, and as a refresher to the rest of us that might need some reminding about why we want to choose the path of Shreya. And that is indeed our choice. It's been a year since I recorded the podcast episode on me first in about taking control of our chariots in our lives. And it's fitting to bring this back now and for it to have come to me almost year, exactly a year later. It's also this time of year for me when I need this reminder for whatever reason, the fall for me, whether it's because I'm Vada and it's Vada season and it's, I have Vada Pitta energy or if it's just my mind in that thought in those moments, you know, it's this idea that we have power in each moment. And once we have harnessed this awareness in ourselves, where we're the observer of our actions and our minds in the process, we can make more of these choices to serve our highest selves more and more. And I can tell you over the past few weeks, I've made less of those choices to fuel myself. And the farther I get away from making those choices, I see how slippery that slope could be how easy it could just be to going back to numbing out all the time. And I don't want to be numb anymore. I want to be awakened. Who's with me? Okay, on to Prey and Shreya, because you're like, who, who the hell are these bee slayers? Let's hear about them. This story comes from the essence of the Upanishads, the, which is a key to Indian spirituality. And this was translated by Eknath Iswaran. And it's his interpretation of the Vedic texts that were originally passed down thousands of years ago. And they still apply today. Imagine that. Now we're going to try to kind of put a little bit today's twist on this story that S. Warren did, but in the telling of this really helps us get in the mindset of how can we make these choices to better serve ourselves. This story starts with this kid, Nachiketa, a teenager that he's seeking the king of death to learn about the meaning of life. It's already a great story, right? I love this story, and I think the metaphor still applies as much as it did a thousand years ago. It goes about hand in hand with talking about taking time for you and your day and you first and why it's important and why it can feel so hard sometimes. Nachiketa, the story starts out, and he gets in a fight with his father, and his dad basically tells him he wishes he was dead. So rather than the kid getting upset, it's he starts to think, hmm, who am I? Why am I here? What happens after death? I wonder what would actually happen if I were to die. Most of us can kind of think a moment in our lives when we've had these questions arise, and we might even ponder them for a little bit, but then they kind of pass and we carry on, or we just keep consuming things and ignoring any of these thoughts we have. Not the Snitchiketa. Remember, he's he's a badass te- teenager. He's invincible and full of conviction of himself, and he's not yet consumed by all the ways of the world. He is now on a mission. He sets out on his hero's journey. And here we are again with a hero's quest. And you will see this over and over because the quest starts on the outside, but it invariably ends up on the journey looking within. 
We watched a video this week, this little squirrel here, for one of my groups, and it was from this woman on YouTube called The Heart Alchemist. I'll drop the link to this video. Anyone interested in uh, looking more at their spiritual awakening and that, and that path, I'll link it below. It's really interesting stuff. She talks a lot about the hero's journey in this video, and that our quest usually begins from chaos. Some people instantly, they call it a spontaneous awakening. Awakening, And by that, I mean the awakening to our true understanding of who we are, that knowing that we are something more than just these bodies here on the planet. This knowledge that of our true self or higher self, the knowing, whatever you want to call it, God, universe, she, whatever label you want to put it. So my chaos was the ball of misery, right? My 300 pound ball of misery, which if you know my story, that really set me off on my quest. And it was a culmination of all these other things that we see in the heroine's journey, which has to do with um, family removal, you know, me being so far away from my youngest child, my mom being sick and dying, and kind of all of these things happening at the same time, me in a new place, new job just culminated into this ball of chaos, right? That set me off on this quest to find out what is this something more, which did not start out that way. It's a right. It started out as a quest for me to just try to get skinny because it was the only thing I knew to quest, but I knew I had to get up. So I'd imagine you're probably on your quest now, or you're curious, or you've been on it. Was there a turning point for you? Or you, do you maybe think you're at that point where you're ready to go on this quest? You know, some people spontaneously were awakened, like she said. So were you one of those? Fascinating to talk about, right? When we truly start seeking that something more that is out there, right? Yeah, it's about the weight loss, but it's something more than that. It's that something more thing. That, because that's what really matters, right? So back to the story, but it fits right in here. Our hero, Nachiketa, starts his journey where it's boundless in the mind, and he settles into deep meditation for three days. Three days, you guys. Can you imagine? (laughs) He's in meditation. He sets off in this infinite space of his mind to seek the king of death. And the king of death is not home. His servants are. Depression, pain, war, disease. And they tell the boy that they may never see the king of death. The king of death is too busy, you know, with pandemics, war, famine, all the other things he has going on. Nichiketa sits down to wait. He's determined to get the bottom of these questions. He's not waiting until he sees the king of death. And so it kind of is impressing depression and pain and all the king of death servants, right? He sits down, he waits for three days and three nights in meditation, no food, no drink, no sleep, right? He's just meditating. And eventually at the end of the third day, the king of death comes home. And he decides that Nachiketa is a worthy pupil. He's had sat here and waited so long in meditation for him. And so King of Death begins the lesson. He tells Nichiketa there are five levels of consciousness reached in meditation, but not only meditation, they must be translated into life and living. And the first layer is our physical body. And the other three layers, or three more layers, I should say, are senses, emotion, and the intellect. And then nearest to the self is the ego. And the ego being our sense of I and these, and, um, these labels we have in this world, right? And very few people can penetrate this la- la- layer, he says. He tells Nachiketa that he'll have to make this discovery himself, but he will be there as a guide and tell him how, but this dude has to take the journey on his own. The king of death can't do it for him. The king of death first tells him he must understand that we have the ability to make choices. 
No other creature has this, and we should not avoid the responsibility. Each moment has a choice of one or two paths. The first path being praya. In Sanskrit, this loosely translates to what pleases us or pleases the ego. And the other path belonging to Shreya, which benefits us. It improves the health and benefits the mind. Praya pleases us now. Shreya might feel unpleasant at the beginning, but is appreciated in the end. Like going to the gym and starting to bench press, you know, want to bench press 200 pounds and you start at five and it feels horrible till you get up to that goal, right? Sometimes there's probably a really bad example. (laughs) I'm just going to leave it there. Just have a little laugh with me right now. Yeah, I'm going to bench press 200 pounds. Oh my. Sometimes they are both, but generally competing for attention, right? So it's not often you get them together. So these past two weeks have had me thinking much more about Preya, and I've been watching this, allowing it, seeing it, even enjoying it, if you will. Preya with their sexy Netflix series and quick, delicious food orders and with their sexy legs on a glass of wine. Preya saying, snooze the alarm. You don't need to be up yet. Enjoy the snuggle under the covers. It's a cold. It's getting rainy. It's whatever. All the reasons, right? Preya is like... Very good at keeping you comfortable. And then there's Shreya in her small study, quieter voice saying, would it be nice to walk and listen to that book you wanted to? Or let's make that salad with those things you like so much. Well, those sound great to me too. (laughs) The quick reward? What's sexier in that moment? What's easier, right? When I have not put me first or made much of a plan to speak with, it's usually like praya, like when there isn't somewhat of a plan in place and you're letting those five senses rule the roost. Oh boy. So praya. Shreya, not usually half as sexy, although much more appealing to me than years before. When I allow these quick, easy release to take over though, praya gets all primped up, man. She gets ready to hit the town. So how many times do we take the quick, easy reward and follow praya? You guys, I've been seeing so much of this bee this past couple of weeks, ready to kick that bee to the curb. Who's with me? Okay, back to the story. So Nichikata, the boy, says to the king of death, there must be more of the story than just making decisions because we don't just get where we want to go. We don't know where we want to go. And the king of death, he's really pleased by this because the boy's so wise already. And he goes on to explain how Prey and Shreya are like forks in the road. One leads to darkness and the other to wisdom. Preya looks promising at the beginning, but leads into this dark space. And Shreya doesn't quite seem as appealing, but takes us where we want to go. And in each moment, we have a decision on the road which way we want to travel. And there's a chariot traveling this road. Your body, the physical self, is this chariot. And it's drawn by these five feisty horses, which travel through time more than distance. Birth to death. The horses are your five senses, your sight, hearing, taste, feel, and smell. That's your five horses out there. Think about it. They're bringing you in everything from the outside world. So then your intellect, who's responsible for the judgment, this is the part of us that can make the discernment and that makes us different from other creatures. This is the driver, and it's his job to not let the senses or the horses take us over the cliff. 
The reins that the driver's holding, this is a mind, your emotion, your desires. This is how all of those senses are processed. They come up through the reins to your driver on top. And they're supposed to communicate from the driver to the horses, both ways, right? We, your soul, your being, your I am the rider in the chariot, right? So your intellect is responsible for guiding the mind, your emotions, and your desires so that your horses don't go wild. And when those senses, the horses are controlled, we're in harmony. We're operating from ourself, our highest self, the one that takes a proverbial high road, that soul that's in the chariot, right? And we're getting decisions from there when we have the horses in control and in alignment. And when we chase Preya, when, when the horses go wild and they go the other way on the path, we can't hear it. See yourself in that chariot. You ask your driver to take you to Whole Foods for some groceries. You notice after a few minutes, the driver's like, not going to Whole Foods. You're like, you lean out the window to the chariot and you're yelling up to the driver, hey, this isn't the way to Whole Foods. And the driver slurring slightly because he's wasted from all the information coming at him from the horses in your mind, right? He tells you, ah, don't worry about this. You got it. It sounds like he's totally drunk. He pulls up to your favorite Italian restaurant. At this point, you're wondering if you should even be driving. But then he pulls up to this restaurant, you know, the one with the amazing tiramisu and the red wine, that one. So only after you actually enjoy a couple of glasses and some pasta, do you say to your driver, hey, I told you we weren't going to do this today. We were going to Whole Foods. And your driver, your intellect, he's laughing because he's heard it before and knows that the horses have been running that roost, not you, not the person inside. So our intellect is all numbed out and has these bad habits built up from all the quick rewards, right? The rewards of preya that we've been talking about. And your intellect is meant to be efficient. It's meant to keep us safe as quickly as possible. So we pruned out all these other decision-making paths and we're needing to make new ones. The constant inundation of what we consumed is just been, it's numbing out that part of us in these constant inputs through these senses. So half the time, I don't know about you guys, but I can get too tired or depleted to take the road to Shreya, especially when I'm not taking care of myself. I'm not doing me first in the morning. And, you know, Shreya isn't, remember, half a sexy's Preya. When I'm not prepared and I don't have myself in alignment, Wait, when I'm making that decision in the moment, it's just not as smooth. And that's been me for sure, you guys. Too many trips passing by Whole Foods and Pasta Joy. I'm like, yo, driver, and driver's up there laughing at me. He's like, well, we've had a couple of weeks. We're having fun, Slayer. The king of death, he tells us it's not a moral issue. He doesn't care. He says it's up to us to choose. It doesn't matter to him one way or another. It's our choice to take the road where it leads us. The road of Preya, though, should you choose that, does not lead to long-term health and happiness. It's just as simple as that. It can be. We make it about all this other stuff. Think about the reins, your mind, the emotions, the desires that are being guided by this intellect to control your senses. Understanding the separation helps us to observe, to make changes. For example, if you say you're depressed, it's not you who's depressed. It's the mind, the reins that are depressed. You're in the chariot. You are not these things. You are not the reins, the driver, the horses, or even what they're experiencing. You're the rider inside. Can you see that? Sometimes it's hard to feel like we're the rider inside when all this stuff's coming at us. This is a lesson from King of Death to Nechiketa. 
to understand and live life, not from your senses, but from guiding your intellect to the choices of Shreya, the ones that will lead us to happiness and health. And this is why we must take time to put ourselves first, not only so we can fuel ourselves before others, so we can control our chariot, we can train our horses, so we can make decisions and build habits that'll take us down that path of Shreya to health, wellness, and happiness, and not quick feel-good dopamine hits. It's all so tied together. The focus on health and serving our highest selves and being connected on a blissful level, connected to spirit. And I don't even want to be saying this right now because <laughs> I want to be connected and I want to pray all day long sometimes. But when I'm out of alignment, I just don't hear it as much. And this is why I show up here every week and I talk about it and I keep working on myself because I want to be in more in alignment. And I also know it's because I'm not making as much time to be still. Missed meditations here and there, missed plans, overeating and drinking Netflix, they add up. The scale's been actually really kind to me for what I've been doing. And a lot of that because I've changed who I am fundamentally and just overall make better choices. And I know how to take care of myself better. But how I eat and show up in the world, um, you know, it couldn't be a slippery slope back to the prayer slide for sure. And this brings me back to this king of death telling us also it's not a moral choice. He doesn't care. Yes, I think this is one of my biggest lessons on the path. It was taking out of the judgment and the shame from all of these things, from always hiding them. A lot of them imposed on us by how we grew up or images or things that were pushed on us by religion or society. I mean, hiding smoking because it was viewed as wrong, right? But the hiding of that, the shame that is implied by the hiding of it, like I was a bad person. And yes, I get the health aspects of it. And my family just cared because what it cared because of health, but I felt a deep shame. I think it goes from a religious thing right there. And I get the health aspects, but you know, also how M&Ms weren't wrong, like smoking. But what about the health aspects there? Or what about drinking, gluttony? Do you hide when you eat? I have all the time. We started in one of my groups this week, writing down everything we're eating again, because it's really amazing what we convince ourselves we ate and what we actually did. This awareness alone melts pounds away. It's why food journals are required so you can see what you are eating. Our minds are fickle beasts. They like to tell us what we need to. This removing the shame from things was really huge for me. From coming and just talking about it, sharing with you here, sharing with everybody all over Facebook when I was going through figuring out this habit, especially with drinking. Having thought there was always something wrong with me. Why couldn't I just drink like everybody else? Going from a defective human to one who is in charge and making choices. Whether it was about wine, food, Netflix, my phone, none of it controls me. There's no moral code or judgment, just a decision to make on the path. And the decisions add up and it goes both ways. There's no need to feel good or bad about it. You just make the decision and you move forward. And the Shreya choices add up, the healthy choices. And here's where I'm at with this now. After a couple of weeks with all the excuses in the world, right? All the moving and the rain and the RV and I don't have my habits taxed. Oh, poor, woe is me, Addie, right? I want Shreya back. I desire her. 
She is like the sexiest beast to me right now. I am like hungry for her. And I'm starting to drool thinking about my life when I'm more Shreya in it. I just don't feel good. I've not really taken a lot of time to think. I've been consuming people, media, things in my body. I'm tired. I'm drained. It's the opposite of what taking time for you would feel like or should feel like, which is how the prey event started. I knew I was moving. I planned to really take November to just be and relax. I've planned this on summer to for November to be just kind of freeballing, if you will. <laughs> Am I going to have to rate the podcast differently? <laughs> However, I didn't really have a good vision for this freeballing plan for November either. I was a bit loose with it and I needed to pull, I need to pull the reins in. I feel it. I can, I want to feel better. And when I don't have my AM habit stack dialed in, <laughs> I just feel less than me. I miss my me, my radiant true self. Was that the lesson this time? To miss Shreya so wholeheartedly? I used to live my life this way. I can't imagine how I made it as long as I did without the ball of misery hitting sooner. I feel the anxious pangs too, and my skin's broken out in the desert still. My gut health is off. All I can think is I can't wait to get back in my habit stack and alignment. So why haven't I yet? I mean, it's been a couple of weeks. I'm the only reason. It's like I've poked my toe in, but haven't really taken the full plunge. What am I holding on to? Why am I wanting to feel like this for any length of time less than radiant? Have you gone through this where you see it and you know it and you're allowing yourself to do it anyway? Am I delaying my greatness as my spirit guides would suggest? (laughs) They're not worried about it. I'm I'm really not worried. I know where I'm going. There isn't a worry about it. It's just like, okay, what's my lesson here? What am I doing? So many questions, my friend. And I'm going to ponder these and I'm taking some massive action this week. I'm going to rise up and I'm going to do it here with you and on social and find some answers to these questions. Is in an upper limit situation? Did I make decisions somewhere? It's as simple as my habit stack. And here's how it's going down. I'm getting my RV set up. It's in a new location tomorrow. And I vow by Monday to have it all settled in and slip into my Phoenix habit stack. I I just got a little flutter of excitement in my belly. Like I love that for my early morning walks to my coffee shop, my feet on a mountain somewhere, rollerblading on the side roads near the park, dip in the pool, reading, writing, creating. Perhaps I'm in this void phase the heart alchemist talks about in this video that I'm going to share with you about awakening where you're floating between versions of yourself. The old self is dying off and the new is getting ready to birth. And I'm in this cocoon she talks about. I've already had a couple of these on this journey. And you can she talks about that too, where you can go in different phases of spiritual awakening at any time. In fact, that's a really good episode. I might do an episode about that, just talking about my spiritual awakening in the phases. And so, you know, but taking care of myself better in the cocoon a little bit. I mean, my cocoon might go through chrysalis and then my wings might be broken or something. And this week's energy update was pretty cool too, because tonight, November 11th, 2021, is a magical day for manifesting. And I'm ready to bring in this new version of me. Do you hear me, universe? I am ready. Show me the path, the sign. On my part, I'm going to get back to fully stacking, getting back in alignment. And you guys, I've even missed meditations. I'm excited to dive back in. So maybe part of this void was to just appreciate how good it feels to choose the path of Shreya. I'm really starting to feel that. And when my body feels light, lovely, and powerful, and my mind is sharp and clear, and my heart is singing, 
how are you guys doing? How are you feeling with all the energy right now? Are you ready to like rededicate yourself with me? Or maybe if you need to, or maybe you can send me some of your, your vibes. If you're in a rhythm right now, shoot me some, I I would love it. I'll be back next week with my journey on this self-recovery path and back to more Shreya and a lot less of that be Preya. I've got a great podcast ready about intuition too that I was going to do for this week, but I really, I just had to talk about Prey and Shreya because it was what happening in the moment and I was just feeling it and called to share with you, my witches and bitches. So I hope someone else out there needed to hear it as much as I needed to speak it to you. And I'm just getting back up over and over again on this path of self-discovery until I until when? I don't know. I guess you don't know until you're at your life's end and you look back and you can see all those things that lined up to create your purpose, just like everything that's happened leading up to this moment to create this purpose. All right, my dears, until next week, you witches and bitches, slayer out. Mm -hmm.